Welcome back to Bold of You to Say. We're back with another episode. This week we talked about Star Trek and um, a lot of... Well, yeah, politics, but it's in space this time, so it's okay. Uh, we talked about the news uh, surrounding Nancy Reagan. Not really news, it's just old information coming back uh, to the surface. And uh, we talked about uh, Fortnite and how they did Spider-Man better than the Avengers game. Uh, stay tuned for my thoughts on that. And then we went on like a million different tangents. I think we talked about the Beatles somewhere. Oh, a lot, yeah. A lot, yeah. Uh, like, subscribe, comment. Turn on notifications for new episodes. Turn on automatic downloads. Um, follow me on social media. Follow me on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Oh, there's timestamps listed out down below in the description. So if you want to skip around, you can do that. Uh, if you want to skip a certain part or if you just can't wait to get to a certain part, it's all it's all listed out. Use it if you want. And uh, let's just... Uh, let's just jump into it. Let's just jump into it. Here's the thing. After, like, the Beatles broke up, um, Paul really went off and did his own thing. And he even, like, yeah, said in an interview that, set... Like, Christmas song. What? He made that Christmas song about nope. simply having a wonderful uh, Christmas time. Like a time. great Christmas time, yeah. Um, he did that, but that was with his band Wings. Mm, okay. Yeah, and so, I mean, yeah, he was famous because he was like one of the former Beatles and he started a new band and all that music that he made in his new band was technically like, like, hey, this is the closest to the Beatles we can get now. And then, like, John did his own thing, and then George did his own thing, and then Ringo just fell off the face of the fucking earth. Um, but uh, when, when John was shot... By the way, I'm talking about this 20... This is, all these events happened 20 years before I was alive. So, that's fun. Um, yeah, I, I, on the other hand, I was there. Oh, yeah, no, Alex was definitely there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when John was shot... Um, I'm... I'm old or a time traveler, whatever sounds mm-hmm. more fun to you. You got the second to last autograph John Lennon gave. Hell yeah. You know, you know, so that's a joke know, because... I don't know the he, reference. Yeah, so um, Mark David Chapman, who was the guy who shot John Lennon, before he oh, shot yeah, John Lennon... Oh yeah, didn't he Lennon, ask for his autograph? He got an autograph first, and then... What a, what a power move. What a, like, shit, man. And, like, John was going out to do an interview, and so... He gave the the autograph and he just the guy just stood there and John said, according to Mark David Chapman, John just said, is there anything else we can do for you? And he went, no. And John was like, "Okay." And then he just went and did the interview, came back and then got shot. That's that's crazy. That's such a that is such a power move to like fuck with him. Psych, because that's got to fuck with you. That's got to mess with your mind to like, oh, another fan wants an autograph. (laughs) Then, oh, he's then he's just kind of acting weird. Then he pulls a gun after, well, like, oh, I'm your biggest fan. G- give me your autograph. You know, yeah. normally, normally they just shoot you. That's true. That's true. Um, like and, Lincoln, and Lincoln didn't give an autograph. He was ambushed. He, he did give an autograph. It was called uh, the uh, uh, amendment that ended slavery that I forgot about. The... Um, it's the uh not one the of emanci- them. not the emancipation proclamation that was a proclamation made during the war that basically was just like hey the north isn't doing slavery assholes and if we win then you're not doing slavery either 
And then after they won, See, they that's, made the amend- that, amendment. That that that's what that's what confuses me because I I thought that was what started the war. The North was like, hey, maybe we don't own people. And the I South mean, yeah. was like, no, maybe so, we do. So like, and then the yeah. North in the middle of that was like, hey, maybe we don't own people. But here's the deal too: like, um, Europe was hedging bets as to who would win, and so they were also hedging bets on like who the, who should they support. And so they wanted to support the person who would win. So for a while, they were just kind of like, I don't know who to support. We don't know who's going to win. No, um, it was more like, oh, I don't know who to support, isn't it? Hey, when the Beatles going to be invented. Um, <laughs> yeah, for a while, it was just like that. And um, a- until the North kind of got a strategic adva- advantage. And even when they got like an advantage in the war, Europe was still like, I don't know who to support. And then Lincoln made it about slavery, for the North at least. I mean, the war was about slavery. That was objectively the the issue at hand. Hold um, on, I thought it was about heritage and states' rights. Don't know I mean, what rights, but it's suppose, about one of them. It's about su- a certain right that shall remain undisclosed. The right to own property, Alex. Um, oh, yeah, which is, yeah, property, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by property, I mean yeah. uh, black people. Um, <laughs> please, no one I, clip that. No one, yeah, no one take please, that out of context. I would really appreciate. I'm unless you're so one of Gavin's I'm, employers. Uh, you know, if you're a future employer, uh, I want to let you know I am fiercely anti-slavery. Um, uh, that's, I hate. That's bold of you to say. Uh, okay, that's the kind Anyo- of fiery <laughs> hot take you'll get from us. Uh, and we're simply making satire based on the um, the, the the southern point of view that it's, the war wasn't about slavery; satire, it was about the right to own it's property. In Minecraft, it's parody. It's satire, um, and I am actually uh, a nice guy when you get to know me. So, yeah, yeah. Eventually, you'll realize he's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you just stick it out long enough. You just have to get over my, my huge urge to punch babies. Um, <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, see, that's that's uh, why we work. Because I also have that. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Can I, can uh, I just say, um, I know this is like the th- third or fourth uh, uh, tangent that we're starting in like yeah. two and a half minutes. Yeah. But I was at a concert the other night. It was a very nice concert. It was a it was a uh, a student group at U of M uh called Groove. They do like it's it's like drumming and and dancing and stuff, but instead of drums they use buckets and it's it's real cool stuff. It's it's a, it's a fun time. However, uh one row back and like four seats down uh to my right was Paul McCartney. There was a kid there was a kid that kept like fucking with the seat in front of him. You know, he would like with his feet, he was like moving the seat. Cause you know, it's one of the ones that where it like folds up. Yeah. Yeah. He would like fuck with it. And like, I could feel it. It felt like he was kicking my seat and that's what I thought it was at first. And he kept doing it. And I was like, Hey, hey quit that. Mm-hmm. And then like, eventually he did, but wow. Alex. Peter, yeah. So old, I, I wanted to like fart. Wow, Alex. You young whippersnappers, stop that, messing that with really, the that, that brings out the old baby punching urge. You know, I totally get that. Um, 
I work at a pharmacy where we're giving shots to children. Um, enough said. Oh, yeah. I'm actually joking. I think it's quite funny when they throw a temper tantrum um, or, or like a tantrum over the shot. I mean, I get it. Like they're still scared. not as still still not as big of a tantrum as the uh, as as the as the anti-vax people. Oh, my gosh. Like, I, I just imagine sometimes if there was like an anti-vaxxer in the line who was like, see, even the child knows. And I'm like, you know, that's a child. I mean, you could use that to be like anti-air travel. Like, or like. Pro eating Play-Doh. Yeah. You know, like... Fun to play with, not to eat. That's liberal propaganda. That's actually... That's... Oh my god, that's actually a thing that they say. I forgot that's a thing that they say in the commercial. Fun to play with, not to eat. Oh, dude. So, okay. Another tangent. At CVS. (laughs) I have a thing. Eventually, we will get back to the Beatles. Eventually, we will. Uh... Uh, I, I do a thing where I open the drive through window and I say, like, welcome to the pharmacy, uh, where, uh, uh, home of the Whopper, or welcome to the pharmacy, uh, where the only thing you have to fear is fear itself. And I just, like, keep on making catchphrases. Now I have a new one, which is, uh, welcome to the pharmacy, fun to play with, not to eat. <laughs> That's great. Thank you for that. All right. That's great. So, yeah, you gotta, you gotta do something to get you through your shift. All right, so George Harrison, right? So, like, he was sitting there in the Beatles playing guitar. Is that his last name? George Harrison. I was completely blanking on it earlier. It's George Harrison. It actually sounds like, um, like, George Harrison sounds like a very, like, common name. Because, like, Harrison, the last name, the surname Harrison is very common. And George is a very common name. So George Harrison is a very, very common name. Uh, Not like John Lennon. I think if someone was named like John Lennon in high school, let's like without a Beatle, like without the I mean, Beatles. I only know two Lennons and they're not even spelled the same. I know, me too. That's all I know. Um, but, you know, if someone's named John Lennon in school, they're either going to get the communists or the Beatle people, sometimes at the same time. Yeah, I feel like there's there's got to be a lot of overlap. There's got to be a lot of overlap. Like, you know, all you need is love. Kill the bourgeoisie. All you need is love. Kill the bourgeoisie. Yeah, that that's that would make a great Twitter bio. <laughs> All you need is love. Kill the bourgeoisie. Yeah, yeah, might change that later today. <laughs> All you need is love. Eat the rich. All you need is love. Uh, socialized medicine, public transport, paid family leave. Um. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the end of the list. I mean, water, you need water. Alex, 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 um, Alex, Alex. Yes. If you support communist points of view, you have a small pee pee. Look, I knew that. I didn't need you saying it. Well, just based on your point of view, I know you have a small pee pee now. Do you want to hear my beard? I grew a beard. Do you hear that? I Yeah, I heard it a little bit. Do you It'll hear probably this? show up really well in the recording. Do you hear this? Oh, yeah. That's my beard. That's something Jared used to love to do. <laughs> Just like rub his beard on the mic? Yeah. Yeah, and he had a <laughs> a pretty big beard. Um, wow. And he, he would love to just rub it on the microphone just to make my life harder. Wait, wait, Alex, Alex. Yes. Look at the, look at your screen. Look at the... Look at look at this. Look at me. Look at this. Look at me. Look at oh, this. Oh, you have look your video me. turned look, on. 
Yeah, look at this, look at me. Look at Jesus. I am Jesus. Here's the, okay, I'm not Jesus, but um, here's the plan. If you look at my face, I wonder how long I have to grow my beard until old ladies think I'm Jesus. Oh, yeah. Um, now that I actually see your video, um, this is completely unrelated, but uh, do you have the microphone like pointing towards your mouth? Because um, you have to talk into like where the knob is. It's, it's what's called side addressed. So you have to talk into the side of the microphone, not the top of it. Hello, little baby. Let me whisper in your ear. Do yeah, you like that. You might like to hear. Um, here also, you don't have to deal with it right now, but the um, you have it on the shock mount, hey. like upside yeah. down. Well, I think that you can... Um... You can go suck a big one. Just kidding. I love you, Alex. Thank you. You're welcome. How do I stop streaming my face? Turn off camera. There we go. All right. Yeah, awesome. Now it should right. sound a lot better. All I right. Probably, I'm probably going to end up cutting um, all of that. Um, so if I did. Oh, uh, man, that was like, that was good stuff. Welcome back to the show. Oh, wow. Now my microphone's really a lot more sensitive. All right. Hold on. Yeah. Let me Let me turn that down a bit. Let me just do a little magic. La, 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 la. Alex has a small sense of humor. Alex has a small middle finger. Alex can eat peanut butter. How do I know this? I fucked his mother. That was actually Look, pretty you're good. You're violating song. our NDA right now. <laughs> oh man. All right. Let's uh let's So anyway, uh, did we have anything else to say about the Beatles or, Beatles. or uh, Anyway, I watched the documentary uh, not the whole thing, but like a couple episodes, and it went from like wow, oh, yeah, I'm that's watching what it, Legends. That's what it was. That's I'm how watching, this all started. Yeah. And went from like, wow, I'm watching Legends make some of my favorite music to oh, they're just a bunch of goofballs to Oh, they're just people. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a strange realization that you have to come to. Like, like every time you like a new group, like they're they're put on such a pedestal. Cause it's like, oh, these are famous people. Then, like you you learn about them and like, oh, these are people. And you and it yeah. is equally surprising every time it happens. Oh, totally. Like, I was just like, oh, they're my, the people that I idolize, they're just normal people. And like, you just see Paul getting like stressed out. And I'm like, bro, just chill. Like, bro, just chill. Just chill. Cause I know what it's like to be a superstar internationally. Um, yeah. And, and, um, and like, every, every famous person, uh, every historical figure got horny. Oh, and it's, totally. that's a fact. And yeah. I feel like a lot of people can't deal with that. Dude, every single, like, male superstar has gotten his dick sucked. And, you know, I'm proud of them. You know, me too. Um, okay, think about this, though. The Queen of England. Wonderful lady sometimes, except maybe not. Um, she must have sucked some dick. Who? Sorry, I, I was typing and therefore I went deaf. The Queen of England. Oh, yeah. Like, do you think she 
You think she did that? I don't know. Or she's like, Philip, I'll get the, the dick sucker lady. Uh, Alice! Alice! Actually, this kind of leads perfectly into the first News Minute story that I wanted to talk about. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, let's do it. So, I'm going to make a wild assumption that you don't use Twitter very much. I don't have a Twitter or Facebook, and now I don't have an Instagram. Oh, you deleted your Instagram? Yeah. You bastard. I just, I mean, I, just, I don't know, it was making me depressed, so I, I got it out of my life. Yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're better than uh, me and everyone else for I that. I don't think I you're, am, actually. I, I would prefer to have a life where I can have uh, a th- a th- a things that are about me and not get depressed about them. Yeah, I feel ya. Yeah, I figure I'm gonna be depressed with or without social media, so I might as well be depressed and like depressed see funny with some things sort of following. Yeah, yeah, be depressed with a following, which I have one of those. All right. Um, and here's a hint: it's not a following. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so speaking of historical figures getting horny, I will put the link to this in the show notes. I meant to do it earlier. Uh, Oh, I'd need to share the show notes with you, actually. All right, there. Uh, But anyway, there's a link to Twitter.com. So classically, Abby, Ben Shapiro's sister. Oh, God, not her. She tweeted what was supposed to be an insult towards Madonna. It's it's two pictures. One is of Madonna at 63. The other is a family photo with Nancy Reagan when she was 64. Um, and it says, this is Madonna at 63, referring to the picture of Madonna at 63. This is Nancy Reagan at 64, referring to the picture of Nancy Reagan at 64. Mm-hmm. Trashy living versus classic living. Which version of yourself do you want to be? And Why does she have the right to judge Madonna? Oh, yeah. First of all, that picture of her, 63, she looks incredible. Mm-hmm. That's a gilf if I ever saw one. <laughs> Like, like she has changed my mind about frankly, the existence of gilfs. Frankly, she looks like a virgin. Never touched. All right, touched for the very first. I forget how the song goes. Like it's a virgin. That's one, one of them. Touched for the very first time. And you know what? Good know. for her. I'm. Good I envy her. that. I want to look that good when I'm 63. Anyway, she has a year just, to look like well, boring old dry ass Nancy Reagan. I like how classical Abby is like, um, she's like trying to be classy. It's super not classy to call other oh, people yeah. trashy. Like that's oh, so, yeah. it's so petty and so tacky to be like, this person is classy and this person that you all beloved is trashy. And it's yeah, like. Judging people for like, uh, well, yeah, she, like conservatives like to claim that they're all about like personal liberty until it comes to someone having a sex life or like oh yeah dressing how they want totally yeah um just like how the church is all about love but um i'm sorry they're all about jesus but jesus is like an extension of love but anyway um well they say they're all about love and then they like they're like oh yeah you should totally kick your son out for being gay oh and then they like did a little kids and it's like oh yeah yeah, it's the, like, hey, don't forget the kid fucking. Don't forget the kid diddling. Um, it's that's you know, oof. 
Um, if if anyone out there is thinking about that, don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, uh, it seems to me like conservative ideology, whether it's political or religious, it tends to focus like it, it's it's about being better than other people, or at least seeing yourself as better than other people, rather than being. Oh, it's person. definitely it's definitely a reflection. It's definitely like a like a look at you guys. You're so nasty and disgusting. Um, and I'm only saying that because and the nasty I feel people like are I'm so nasty. much happier. Well, no, well, they're like I'm only saying that because I feel like I'm nasty and disgusting. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely built on insecurity. Yeah, um, but uh, do you want to I mean, do you want to take a guess as to why? this post comparing Madonna to Nancy Reagan is so ironic and why people are clowning her clowning on her about it. Um, is it because Nancy Reagan did seances? Uh, Nancy Reagan did something. Uh, oh God. Did she do a sex tape? Uh, did she do, so did she do playboy? How incredible would that be? Uh, no. So it has come out. I mean, I, I guess it's been known, but it's, it's, I guess the knowledge is resurfacing that apparently Nancy Reagan was very well known back in the day for giving incredible head. Is this like during the White House times or before she uh, met Ronnie? I think this is back when Ronald Reagan was still in Hollywood. Uh, here's okay. uh, So this is a, a screenshot from an article that someone replied to the tweet with. By the way, the original tweet from Classically Abbey has... Uh, has 6.8 thousand likes in this tweet replying with the article screenshot has 47.6 thousand likes so yeah she's getting ratioed to hell with this uh anyway the article says according to kitty kelly's biography nancy reagan quote was renowned in hollywood for performing oral sex end quote just say yes nancy in the days when she was nancy davis was known to give the best blowjob in town Quote, not only in the evening, but in offices. That was one of the reasons that she was very popular on the MGM lot. End quote. It must have made her very popular with Ronnie as well. So. Huh. Okay, I hate to say, I, I actually kind of hate to say this. Um, classically, Abby is hot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you will get no argument about that. Like, she's like, ooh, she's hello. terrible. She's oh, terrible, awful. but she she's, I mean, like she's I mean, been every, okay. Everyone okay. everyone talks about her mommy milkers. Just oh, that's okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I just like her face. Um, uh, but it's weird because I yeah, know it, it that turns face. out Ben Shapiro's face is hot if you put it on a female body. A girl's body. Oh, it's just weird knowing that like technically I'm attracted to the same genetics as Ben Shapiro. Yeah. You know, except with a two one X and one Y chromosome, or is that guys? I don't know. I'm just an idiot. I, I personally don't believe in chromosomes because uh, I it seems complicated, and I don't need that in my life. You sound like an anti-vaxer. <laughs> you actually sound like an like I don't I don't understand this vaccination, and frankly, I don't need it in my life. <coughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like that. It's like uh, like when Jordan on. Klepper from The Daily Show was interviewing anti-vaxxers at a rally, and um, 
I think he asked like what's in the vaccine that you don't like and he was like or what like what is it about the vaccine that you don't like and he's like I don't know much about it I just know I don't like it. Wow, he actually let um like infowars do the thinking for him. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Uh what was I going to say? Um I I I would like to say though there are conservatives out there who are like no nonsense and who are like, you know, I believe in small government, therefore I do not think the government should be telling women what to do with their bodies. And I respect that. And the same thing with like um if if someone's like I don't believe in in um uh, uh da, 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 da. I don't agree Why with prisons killing people or killing criminals. Healy wants to know why I'm on. She said Ben Shapiro's Twitter page. It's actually Ben Shapiro's sister's well, Twitter page. Yeah, I can tell because they look the same. They do look the same. Uh, no, we're talking about this tweet. <laughs> why? So you remember when I mentioned this? Uh, how Nancy Reagan apparently gave great head back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, it makes this ironic. Anyway, anyway you were saying before can, we were so rudely can, interrupted. So rudely and uh, frankly unprofessionally uh, interrupted, Alex. Um, quite frankly. Quite, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, anyway, uh, I can somewhat respect the point of view of people who are like, I don't agree with prison systems committing, um, like, killing prisoners f- for, like, crimes. And I also yeah. aren't, aren't, I'm not in support of abortion. Like, I can respect that at least because it leaves no logical fallacy there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, I disagree with it. I, I mean, I kind of half agree with it where it's like, yeah, let's not kill prisoners. But also I feel like women should do, do, be able to do what they want to do with their bodies. Yeah. But at least well, I can There's I can a clear res- difference, I think. Oh, there definitely is. But, um... I just like the idea that, like, I don't agree with women, with, with, you know, abortion, but I do agree with the prison system killing people. That's fine. Oh, yeah. And that is what you see more often, at least from what I've seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All yeah, right. So, gonna, uh, hang on. I need to you know, I, I just, I just want to say, you know, good for Nancy Reagan. Um, yeah. Just for that, not for anything else. Uh, she was just as bad as her husband. Um, but you know what? At least she has one redeeming quality. True. True. And, and this isn't to be, this isn't to like slut shame Nancy Reagan. It, it's, I, I want the message to be, uh, Madonna should be allowed to be, you know, provocative, sexy, whatever, if she wants, mm-hmm. you know, if you got it, flaunt it. Um, I'm envious of it. And, you know, Nancy Reagan should be allowed to give uh, amazing blowjobs in 1960s Hollywood if she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess what we're saying here sucks. is... It just sucks that people are like, this modest-looking woman is better than you because she isn't hot. Yeah, I mean, I guess what we're trying to say is, you know, classical Abbey's just stay in your lane, bud. <laughs> stay in your lane. Um, you know, if I, you know, if I was classically Abby, I would, you know, like at, I I would build up this brand that she has, you know, where she's like, you know, this conservative, whatever, like trad wife, and then, you know, get all of get everyone simping over me. And then Mm -hmm. one day just do a complete 180, you know, get all the classically Abby money and then 
do a complete 180, start an OnlyFans, and and get all of that money. You know what? Like, I don't. I don't. If she started I an can't. OnlyFans today, she would be the number one creator. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I can't see myself simping over Classical Abbey just because, like, I see her face, and part of me is like, "Ooh, hello," and part of me is like, "Oh, Ben Shapiro, you." Yeah, but it's like, and so like, it's like hot like, in a freaky way. Not even like I look at that and I just imagine like Ben Shapiro sucking my dick, and that is just like a uh, like a. Well, even that allegedly. that's like a that's a power fantasy. No, it's not for me. <laughs> no, it's like I just I look at her and I'm like that's Ben Shapiro face right there, and I'm just not digging yeah. it. Just really not digging it. But like I am. It's such a weird. I'm so. <laughs> confounded i was <laughs> so like anyway um I, so all women out there do what you want with your life um uh and don't let people judge you if you don't want to be judged or unless you're like if you're looking for judgment and like advice there's safe spaces for that there there are spaces for that there are like hey i'm not sure is this too much is this too little what sh- what what direction should i go in and there are people who will give constructive criticism and then there are people like like classical abbey who will just barge their way through the door fucking you know what's that one movie with the here's johnny oh yeah uh, the shining the shining style she'll just beat down your door with an axe and say you know if you don't dress a certain way you're not classy um, yeah, and so but I'm you know, I'm classy yeah. even though I like talk shit about other people. I mean, I like to think that I'm a bit classy, but uh, it's not paying me any any. I'm incredibly dividends. classy. Um, I mean, I don't know. I try to dress nice and I put on cologne sometimes, and I don't unless we're, I'm on a podcast where it's like kind of my job to shit talk. I don't shit talk. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Unless it's Paul McCartney, then then I should talk about Paul McCartney. But yeah, you can you can shit talk Paul McCartney, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see no moral problem with shit talking someone of that level of success because he's like oh, a, he's a music legend. You you he's, gotta. Life is all about balance. Life is like a box of Beatles records. You, I mean, I guess you always know what you're gonna get. Because it's a bunch of Beatles records. Yeah. Anyway, next topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Spider-Man has made his debut in two games recently. Mm-hmm. He made his debut as a playable character in Marvel's Avengers, only on the PS4, which is kind of annoying. Uh, and he also is in the newest season of Fortnite. And... I want you to guess, well, I mean, I spoiled in the in the show notes, but if you had to guess, which game would you say represents Spider-Man better? Fortnite. Fortnite. Fortnite represented Spider-Man way better than Marvel's Avengers, even though, like, I mean, people like the to, reason, like, people okay, like to reason, clown on Fortnite for being terrible, um, which I I don't agree with. I, I I it's a fun game. I like it. Um, I like how inclusive but, they are to other things. Like I I like how they're just kind of yeah. like, hey, here's Rick and Morty. Hey, here's Marvel's it, Avengers. Here, here's fun. this. Here's that. Um, I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, but it's also, fun. And some I, people I, I hate can, that. 
Some people hate that. I hated that for a little while, and then I realized, why am I wasting my time judging this game? But, um, you know, it's also a thing where, like, I could imagine Spider-Man playing Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Like, I could totally see him playing Fortnite. Yeah. I, I think the suit looks better in Fortnite than it does in Marvel's Avengers. Fortnite has a certain art style where things from different franchises translate incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, like, realistic or cartoonish, it generally translates very well. And that's something you got to commend them for. But yeah, even, like, the web-swinging in Fortnite is way better. They have his his web shooters as like a, a as like a mystic item or whatever. It's an item that you can pick up in the game now and you can like swing around. And the mechanics work better than the Avengers game. E- even though he's supposed to be like like it's supposed to be a more like tailored experience, right? Cuz Fortnite is kind of like a sandbox. You know, it's meant to include a lot of things whereas Avengers, they like put a lot of time into specifically developing the characters at least yeah. they should um mm-hmm. but yeah fortnite does it better um well i know I, well all this makes me think about you know if you look at a picture of of um you know spider-man toby Maguire, spider-man and uh spider-man from the avengers you know it really shows you the difference between you know living a classy life and living a trashy life oh you're so right you know, like, um, you know, Tobey Maguire, super classy, you know, it's pizza time, you know, very nice. Uh, Tom Holland, um, on the other hand, um, you know, he, he started that, that, uh, that interracial relationship, um, which, you know, many conservatives out there will, will see as kind of risque, um, um, that's a joke, by the way. I don't. I'm making. I mean, I, they will. I, I don't know, man. I I don't know what people think about that, but there's still a lot of people that aren't on board with that. If you can believe it, that's kind of ridiculous. I just yeah. look at. I look. That's at, why you uh, don't want to be on Twitter because you find uh, out just how far I'm, behind we are as dude, a society. Like, I okay. I kind of have a meme in my head now. Um, it's like. Uh, like I lay in bed sometimes and I'm like, man, I feel depressed. And then I feel like there's a cloud of internet savviness just hanging over my head saying, oh, it could get a lot worse. Yeah. Just get on Twitter. Like I live a simple life that where I'm not bogged down by like every single comment on a Twitter feed. Um, and I just do my homework and do my job and get paid sometimes and to spend that money on Christmas gifts and then hang out doing a podcast with friends. Um, Easy, simple life, is what I'm going to say. A classic life. A classically, frankly, Classi- classically, classically Gavin. Classically Gavin, you know. I don't have to worry about shit-talking a bunch of people who are politically uh, opposed to me to stay relevant. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, as someone with... How many, how many do a I have A huge now? penis. As some, Q, ooh, multiple huge penises. As someone with 104... Penises followers uh yeah let me tell you it's just it's it's hard living your life with an audience exactly exactly and you know i live with an audience of one and even then the audience hates me so yeah um, actually i have more followers on instagram 
I post wow. a lot more there. I have ooh, 458. I'm sure most of them are bots. Probably. Um, so to be fair, I haven't actually deleted my Instagram. It's just been inactive for over two years. Uh, so. Yeah. Let's see how many followers we can get him up to. <laughs> Fuck no. Let's put public pressure on Gavin to start posting again. I, I would really rather not. <laughs> I'm good. I would. Here's the thing. Like, Come on, guys. Bullying a works. Lot of my Let's friends, do it. A lot of my friends are like, that's not bullying. That's just peer pressure. Um, a lot of my friends are like, Gavin, you're so interesting. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I promise you, if you saw my daily routine, you would be asleep. If not for my Adderall. Look, if you go by daily routine, so many people, most people are not interesting. I mean, yeah, um, but like, I don't do anything really. I just kind of like do my homework and then I sleep a little bit, maybe eat some, some spinach dip that we have in the fridge right now upstairs that I'm kind of thinking about eating, eating after this, you know, that's what I think about. I don't think about like, like, Hey, you know that hobby that you don't do? How about you do that? Yeah. So yeah, I that's feel my, you there. that's my two cents on that. Um, thank you for listening to my Ted talk. I'm going to start smoking. Well, like as a, as a habit or, or like right now? Like tobacco, like uh, as a habit. Oh, all right. I'm just kidding. I don't want to give any um, donation money to the GOP. You know, I, I never see anyone smoking cigarettes anymore. I mean, like I see like, like I, I should say I don't see young people doing it. You know, it's funny. And I think I've brought this up to you before. Like, we went through, like, easy 10 years, more than 10 years, at least in our, like, waking, conscious life. Uh, we went through, like, more than two decades of, don't smoke, don't smoke, don't smoke, don't smoke, it's bad for you, it's bad for you, it kills people, it kills people. Oh, and yeah, were, like, and there were, like, the cringy, like, the truth ads. Oh, yeah, but, like, I here's hated the thing. Those. Here's the thing. Those of us who had tried smoking and, like, for some reason in middle school and maybe in high school were, like, Oh, I don't even like this. It tastes nasty. And then schools were like, oh, cool. They don't even like it. Neat. And then vaping came out. And that 20 years of just don't smoke, don't smoke, don't smoke. Oh, yeah. And now it's flavored. Fucker. It's just. (laughs) And so now we're just like, we're like, woo, nicotine. And they're like, God damn it. Yeah. Like you have to like it, it is an uphill battle to get addicted to smoking. Because of how bad it is, like it, it, it's just not fun. But like you know, there's still nicotine and stuff, so you can still do it. But like with vaping, it's like there's no smoke. You still get and you the nicotine, don't smell. and it tastes and it like tastes strawberries. Good. It tastes okay. It tastes chemically, but it tastes good. Like so. Here's the thing. Here's here's what you debate when you're like, hmm, cigarettes or vaping. It's okay. Or for like one. a salad, you know. Or a salad. You I know? had a salad today, and uh, I feel, I'm not going to say I feel awake because I got very poor sleep last night, but I feel mm-hmm. like I feel better than I would have if I didn't. Amen, brother. Um, but here's what you debate. It's, it's one, for cigarettes, like, I, do I want to feel like I've had a f- house fire in my sinuses while also feeling maybe kind of buzzed? While also feeling like I have to cough and clear my throat all the time because my entire but also your wallet's is, empty and also my wallet's so empty because cigarettes are expensive 
Uh, and do I want to like have a scratchy throat all day because it's really harsh on my throat? Or do I want to have a little electronic device that I just charge occasionally? And I, when I inhale it, it doesn't smell, it tastes good, and it gives me an even stronger buzz. Do you think that if vaping came out around the same time as the iPod and it got as popular as it is now, do you think that every phone would also have a vape built in? No. Me neither, I'm but so, there's a I'm chance. So, I'm just, there's already a phone that was a built-in vape. Oh, really? The technology is incredible. It's great. Because no, like, the wonder- iPod came out, and it revolutionized music distribution. And if it weren't for that, then phones probably wouldn't be also MP3 players, essentially. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, it wouldn't um, be a phone, but also an iPod. You know, I can see in the next, like, 20 years, vapes also becoming, like, missile launchers or um, cloud makers or, like... Um, um, well, they're already cloud makers. Yes, toxic cloud makers. <clears throat> yeah, but um, I'm sure I'm sure vaping tastes good if you're the one doing it. But like, if you're around someone that vapes, it smells horrendous. No, it I know good. from firsthand experience. Oh, well, I know someone that like overdoes it, probably. Oh, oh yeah, and yeah. It, it's it's so saturated, mm-hmm. and it's um, awful. But uh, uh, so people who are listening, and I know there are a lot of people listening right now. Don't vape. Um, it's disgusting. Don't don't vape. Uh, it's dumb. And uh, not just because, like, don't vape it's not because very it's bad poggers. for you. It's just like, you know, what's what's pretty nice in life is not having chemical dependencies. Yeah. In my opinion, I drink a cup of coffee a day. Not even a d- each day because I think it tastes good and I like it. And not because I like caffeine. I was for a while pretty addicted to, to nicotine and I quit. And that was partly thanks to the, um, to the pandemic because uh, I didn't have my own vape. And, uh, you know, after that, I had a pretty good relationship with nicotine because now I can hit a vape for a night. And um, in the morning, I don't feel a hankering to have more nicotine. So that's pretty cool. Good for you. Yeah. Um, but just in general, like, don't. That's it. Don't. Just don't. It's Just don't. You know? For me, it's really, a budgetary concern. Yeah. I do not make before? enough money to support a, a smoking habit or a vaping habit or really any kind of chemical dependency. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I drink before? coffee. I, I love coffee, but um, it's, not, it's not a chemical thing. I don't think caffeine affects me consistently enough uh, to depend on it to keep me awake. Therefore, I am always tired. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, even with like Adderall, like um, people are like, oh, be careful with Adderall. You might get addicted. And I'm like, you know what I feel you think after... I can afford an addiction? It's like, well, this is an insurance covered addiction. Um, but I'm not even addicted. That's the thing. Um, but like, you know what I feel like when I take an Adderall? Normal. Oh, I feel like a normal person. You know why? Because I have ADHD and it yeah, treats see, my that, ADHD. That's the thing. It's how do you define addiction when it's something that you literally need to function? Yeah. And like, I don't even literally need it, need it to function. I can go to work without taking my Adderall and still do a fine job. Right. It's just that like, if I have a deadline that I have to meet, uh, and I don't have time to lollygag or be caught up with this, like 
head jello feeling that I get sometimes when I'm super like ADHD or whatever. Yeah. Take an Adderall and it will get you focused. And I've never been um God, I need that. Like I, I I've never like okay, Alex, before you say that, um get uh, a doctor to like diagnose you with ADHD. <laughs> get diagnosed with ADHD. See first. the thing is my probably undiagnosed ADHD uh, is also an obstacle in getting diagnosed for ADHD because I keep putting it off and I keep mm. getting distracted by other things. Mm. 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 Yes. Basically, uh, I'm not good at existing. I, you know, I felt the same way and I still kind of do. Um, and that's like kind of a symptom of ADHD too, where it's like, if I can't finish one task, how do I expect to finish life? Oh, yeah. You know, and... Uh, you're completely um, correct. I should get diagnosed with something. I, I got to get something. There, but, I need some explanation. But here's the thing. Um, it's possible, even, like, unmedicated, to create a system around yourself of, like, what works... Like, objectively, what works for you and what doesn't work for you, and then making a routine around that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I get what you mean. And, like, for me, like, the difficult thing, even though every single time I've woken up super early and gotten work done, it's been so great because I get so much done and I have so much time left in the day to do whatever. Um, even though I know it's better for me to wake up early and get stuff done, I still go to bed at 3 a.m. Yeah, yeah, I feel And that's, there. like, it's a hard thing to get over because you're like, but I want to be on my phone. And it's like, you know, if you're on your phone, you're going to be on it for so so much time. Also, you're stressed out about school because you don't have anything done because you're on your phone. Yeah. You know, not to yeah, blame see, it all on the phone, but, you know. Yeah, the phone is, it's such an easy thing to blame, but it's also, like, I get bored at night, so it's very hard to resist looking at anything and everything all of the time, as and, you know, as the wise philosopher once put it. Totally. And, I, I you know, um, I... I one thing I started doing when I'm like just bored in bed and I'm not even tired is I just start thinking about um, like little projects I'd like to do. Like there was a time when I was playing Kerbal Space Program a lot that I wanted to figure out how to get into a geostationary orbit around the around the moon. Um, just know that's difficult to do. I'm not going to explain what that is. But that sounds um, so much more. Um, that sounds so much more like. I don't know what word I was going to use, but it, it sounds so much more, I guess, constructive than uh, any projects that I plan out. And don't judge. Hey, because for this you, is it's thing. like I'm going to learn physics, and for me, it's like I'm going to say what I think. Kerbal about Space a Program movie. is not physics. I promise <laughs> you, it's not. It's literally like, hey, what happens if you can go really high and really fast around something? That's like that's yeah, that basically so it. Cool. Um. But, like, don't also, like, ADHD makes you judge, judge yourself and others a lot or, like, compare yourself to others. So, like, spare yourself the stress of, of... Hey, I'm not comparing myself to others. I'm just saying this is the difference between trashy living and classic living. Oh, classical Alex. <gasps> classical Alex! <laughs> oh, that works perfect. Wow. Um, anyway... <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so let I me just update think about my Twitter bio again real quick. Classical Alex. Um, but anyway, I just think about stuff like that, and then I just doze off, right? Because it takes care of that, like, boredom. So anyway, I just wanted to say that. 
Um, thank you for listening to my TED Talk. Yeah. Yeah, I so, was going to say, too. Also, like, my work schedule isn't the most consistent. Sometimes I work, like, 11 to 8. Sometimes yeah. I work until, like, 3 in the morning. Uh, mm -hmm. This week has been pretty good. The latest that I'm scheduled for this week is, like, 10 p.m., and I, I still found a way to stay up until, like, 2 last night. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, That's what I was going to say. It totally. Fit, it fit better into the conversation, but now it feels like mm -hmm. we've moved past it. Well, no, I was thinking because um, the way I think about it is, like, I have a bit more of a solidified work schedule than you, than you do because, like, the pharmacy has, like, specific operating hours. I get um, it. You're better than me. You live classic, I live trashy. See, Alex, this is what I'm talking about with with comparing yourself to others. <laughs> Don't. Spare yourself. I'm not saying I'm better. I promise. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the way I look at it is, like, for instance, tomorrow I think I work at, like, from noon to eight, right? So, you know, after this podcast, I'm going to study and get some homework done that I have to get done today. And then if I get to bed at midnight, I have 12 hours to sleep, roughly. You know, I have about 12 hours that I could sleep, but I also need two hours of that time to get ready. So I have 10 hours to sleep, which means that I have another two hours if, I, if I'm working off of like an eight-hour sleep schedule. I have another two hours to lollygagging, figure out what I need to do to get to sleep before I have to, you know, get to sleep. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's how I've been rationalizing it. And so like just building... um a system around that basic logic, right? Of like, this is how much time I need to, to rest and to get ready and to do my thing. Um, which helps a lot with ADHD because it takes out a lot of the thinky stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This really makes me want to work harder on the YouTube grind because I hate going to work mostly because I hate having to go somewhere mm -hmm. well you know i i'm the opposite kind of way um because i don't i literally have i don't live with anyone except for my parents and so i don't i don't really get out much at all if at all um and so uh for me when i go to work it's like my work people are also kind of my friends a little bit too and i'm happy we have that kind of culture at work yeah um and so yeah i've been lucky enough to, that my jobs have always been uh pretty much like that yeah uh and so i get i get to work and i work with a lot of people that i enjoy working with and i, I enjoy being around and so so part of it i guess is like yeah it's work and i'm still expected to like get my work done and i do but also, I get to see a lot of people and talk to customers and get my social needs met. Not to say that that's really meeting a social need. I'm doing a job. But um, I don't know. That's, I guess, where I'm, where I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah, what gets me is, like, you have to go to work. I like getting to go places. I like mm -hmm. getting to go somewhere and meet people for something i hate having to go somewhere and oh yeah a lot of times it feels like dealing with co-workers you see i'm the wow we're opposite in in the same but different ways and that's um, why we work and that's why we work because like i feel like you operate on a very like 
salt of the earth kind of way where it's like i don't want to have to do this i want to like want to do this i am i am the voice <laughs> i am the voice of the working class <laughs> uh <laughs> but uh i work on a very like need to know basis where it's like if i'm going somewhere i want to know what i'm doing and why i'm doing it you know yeah and so like uh for me, just going to a place randomly and having to like do whatever is torture because I don't know what to do. Yeah, I kind of get that. I well, if I'm gonna be working, I like to know what I'm doing because my job involves like a few different responsibilities. A lot of times, you have to like f- some. Well, sometimes you have to like find something to do. And yeah, I, yeah. I totally get what you're saying. Where like you want to know what you're doing well, basically I'm, i only say that because like as outgoing as i sound on this podcast like when i'm thrown into like maybe like a school class or something or a social situation i get really quiet sometimes and like i don't know what i what i'm doing what to say what who to talk to you know how to how to start a conversation <laughs> oh yeah and i i think that's like pretty universal among among a lot of people and that like i'm not really special with that but um you know, if if I'm given an, an objective of like this is what you're here to do, um, it it makes life a lot easier for me because then any socialization that happens happens within that context. Yeah, it and it doesn't even need to be work. Um, it can like any activity, like a like a group activity, is a good, I guess, social oh, yeah. catalyst. Totally. Like if you um, if you join like a D and D group. You don't have to find something to talk about. I you're don't playing. like D and D. Well, like for example, if you're if you're a fucking nerd, uh, you can join a D and D group or, or whatever you're into. Join a group that's into that, and then while you're doing that, you can like talk Jerk about off, the weather, masturbate under the table. Yeah, you get it. You know, and you know when they say, "Hey, what are you doing?" You just say, "I'm I'm playing with my magic wand." You know. Um. What I thought this was a Harry Potter group. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, yeah, Fortnite did Spider-Man so much better than the Avengers game. <laughs> yeah. I think was the segment we were doing. The moral of the story here. And that was like uh, an actual real conversation. <laughs> we weren't even like <laughs> fucking around. So anyway, um, yeah, so th- when this episode goes out, it'll be Friday the uh, 17th which is the day that Spider-Man uh, No Way Home comes out, the new one. And I wanted to get some predictions out there. We're recording this on Sunday the 12th, so I have not seen the movie yet. And I just want to put out some predictions, and we'll see if I'm right. Uh, so it, uh, the rumors are that the three live-action Spider-Men will be in it, Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland's versions of the character have mechanical web shooters. Tobey Maguire has organic web shooters. The webs come out of his body. I think there will be a cum joke uh, related to that somewhere. It may not be in the movie. It may be a guy in the theater. But somewhere, somehow, there will be a cum joke. Yes. So that's my list of predictions for the new Spider-Man movie. Um, Yes. I mean, I don't know if I have any more. Um, I have to pee real quick, so we'll be right back. All right. All right, I'm back. Hey, Alex, I have a question for you. Yeah? I only ask this because I feel like you're the kind of guy who would have this. 
Do you have an Infinity Gauntlet? No, but Jared does. Man. Does he have like a toy one or like an actual like metal one? It's like a it's like a foam one. It's oh, like a I Party see, City Infinity Gauntlet. Sounds good. If I had the money for it, I probably would. Mm. There's a guy on YouTube. Uh, his name is Odin Makes. A, a guy mm. named Odin. He makes stuff. He made the Infinity Gauntlet with like, you know, cheap materials. Like it's not anything like that a regular per- regular person couldn't make. He made the yeah. Infinity Gauntlet and it looks incredible. I bet. Let me send the link to the Discord chat and you can see the thumbnail. See how good it looks. Ooh, yeah, it looks really nice. Yeah, if I had like if I had a weekend that I just wasn't doing anything, I think that would be a fun project. Yeah, man, totally. Um, but anyway, um yeah, I don't think I have any unique predictions other than uh, a cum joke for <laughs> the new Spider-Man. Um, there has to be one Pete's time thrown in there, I think. That would be, I don't think they're going to do it, but that would be an incredible fan service moment. I, I think it would be awesome because like, I could just imagine them like swinging, trying to catch an enemy. And then like he's trying to grab like one of those uh, manhole covers over the sewer and he accidentally grabs a pizza and chucks a pizza and says, pizza time. <laughs> that would, like, I, I hope that happens. I don't think it will, but I want it to. Like, I can just see that happening. All right. Another prediction. I know this won't happen, but I want to say it. I want to predict it because if it did happen and I was, and I predicted it, I would be a legend. Um, so my next prediction is uh tom uh, toby mcguire and andrew garfield's spider-man will show up but they will be immediately killed because one of the villains brought a gun to the battle <laughs> i think the one to die would be either toby to- probably toby mcguire yeah i'd say because that's like a universe without stark industries he also he got the he got the uh, most complete arc i think yeah. You know, Andrew Garfield, mm-hmm. you could continue him, his character, if yeah. you wanted to do like spin off, like continuations mm-hmm. of his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more, there's more stories to tell there. Cause uh, it got like they canceled all of the movies that he was going to be in. Uh, and there were a lot of loose ends that were not tied up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Also, I just don't like Toby Maguire's face. So. Oh, come on, Fuck dude. Toby Maguire is classic. Toby Maguire, if you're listening to this, and I know you are, um, it's not that bad. You know, you got that Spider-Man money. You got that Great Gatsby money. You can afford plastic surgery. He's a director now, I think. Oh, well, good for him. Yeah. So we watched a movie, didn't we? Yes, we did. We watched Star Trek number six uh the undiscovered country mm-hmm. and i gotta say it was pretty good hey i like that was there anything you were confused by um no i think the movie actually did a pretty good job of i guess introducing you to its world because mm-hmm. it's you know it's the sixth star trek movie <clears throat> the you know it's it's also building on top of the lore of the tv series mm-hmm so there's a lot of there's a lot of lore building up to it, but as someone that's never seen any Star Trek media before, I feel like I 
it wasn't too hard to follow along. So that that's one mm-hmm. thing that I really liked about it is that yeah. it was very accessible. Totally. Um, I totally get that, especially because um, modern day Star Trek is kind of um, it's like if you're a new fan, it's confusing because it's built off of multiple universes of Star Trek lore. Yeah. So what is going on with Star Trek now? So here's the deal. Um, The plot is uh, in the original universe, which is like the original Star Trek universe that went into the next generation. Right. Um, And that's what this movie is in, right? This is the prime universe. Yeah. Okay. Um, So in the prime universe, what happened was, um, you know, the Romulans, right? Uh, Remind me. So, okay. Before I ask that, you know what the Vulcans are, you know who the Vulcans are, right? Yeah. It's the elf people. Yes, sure. I'll take that. (laughs) So um, the Vulcans are the first species that the, um, that uh, humans make contact with. Um, and they become kind of buddy, buddy and chummy with each other. Um, so the Romulans are kind of like, are like cousins of the Vulcans, except like, so in Vulcan, they had a whole, um, uh, like cultural revolution regarding like logic. And like, that's when they went from being like, uh, a lot more emotional and, uh, and impulsive to like strictly logical. And, uh, the Romulans didn't agree with that and they came from Vulcan too. Right. So the Romulans were like, no, we don't like this. We're going to go and find a different planet. So they went off and they found two planets. They were destroyed with facts and logic. Exactly. Like, like, you know, the, the Vulcans became Ben Shapiro and you know, the Romulans became those damn libs. Um, the Romulans continued to be normal people. Exactly. Like I think, but I also feel I'm unique. Actually, it's more... I'm I divergent. Feel, I feel, but I also feel that you should listen to me. That's what, like, the Romulans are. Um, so they went off, and they found another planet called... Or two other planets called Romulus and Remus, and that's their main... That's where they are. Um, so, sorry I had to explain that history before I get to this other thing. Um, so in the Prime Universe, and this is why it's in multiple universes, um, in the Prime Universe... The star that Romulus and Remus are orbiting um, is going to go supernova, right? And okay. so, so Spock is like, okay, we can either let the Romulans die, or we can evacuate them. And like Pic- Star Trek Picard kind of goes off of this too. Um, he's like, we can either let the star just go supernova and affect a bunch of other systems around the galaxy, or we can try to evacuate them and then controlled, like, destroy the star so it doesn't affect any other systems. So Spock does that, and he destroys the the star that the Romulans uh, are orbiting. Um, But there's one Romulan who uh, has the ability to time travel, and that's where you get the multiple universes. So he gets mad that Spock... um, like he thinks that Spock destroyed the Romulan homeworld. Home oh, okay. And so is this, he goes. So I remember seeing somewhere like young Spock talking to old Spock. Is that where yes. this comes from? Yes. Okay. So and the newer movies with um the like the newer movies with like younger like Captain Kirk and Spock and stuff, um, 
I forget what exactly causes them to have a, a better technological revolution, but they do. So the ships are like a lot better. Um, but also, uh, God, it was like the Romulan who is mad in the prime universe comes to this other universe and destroys Vulcan. And so that happens. And I forget, like, I don't know. I feel like they kind of gave up on the series. But, you know, that's like the crux of it. Okay. Yeah, it seems very easy for a series with that much lore to just collapse in on itself. Oh, yeah. And that's why I think they should just, like, they sh now should just focus on the Prime Universe. Just the Prime mm -hmm. Universe. Yeah, that's kind of like what Star Wars did, where they had a bunch yeah. of spin-off material that, you know, a lot of it contradicted itself. A lot of it was just crazy out there. So they just decided to scrap everything that wasn't a movie or like something that they're actively working on right now. Um, yeah, I think some of the older games might be still canon, but yeah, scrap everything that's not like mainline. That's legends, mm -hmm. and so now everything going forward is canon. Yeah, that seems yeah. like that's 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 not a bad approach. And I I don't know I just. Um, cause there's still a, a hankering among people to like learn more about the political, um, situation between like all the different species in Star Trek. I feel like Star Trek kind of focuses too much on, um, sometimes it focuses, focuses too much on combat and like fighting and, oh, uh, we don't like the Borg and the Borg don't like us and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna first talk to them and then we're gonna blah, 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 blah. But there's like, at the at the pinnacle or at the center of the plot, there's really nothing there. It's yeah. like, why do we have to talk to the Borg? You know? Yeah. yeah it seems like, yeah, if you want like space fighting and stuff, you know, star Wars pretty much has that covered. A lot of other mm -hmm. franchises have that covered, but it yeah. seems like star Trek is unique in that it's supposed to be an exploration of, I guess, different political ideas expressed through these futuristic alien societies. Yeah. Um, it's not just about, like, fighting and shooting. Oh, totally. Well, you know, the way I look at it is um, if, if Star Wars is like a Bible, then, you know, Star Trek is like a, a law book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I, I think I get that. Or, like, not everything in Star Wars really makes plot sense like like doesn't make complete plot sense of why they're doing everything that they do and it's there's, there's a lot of deus ex machinas like how did he do this oh the force the force mm -hmm. let him do this you know but with star trek it's very much like there has to be a, a means to an end and there has to be a reason yeah um, yeah i, I guess I, it's kind of the difference between sci-fi and fantasy exactly where star wars um, is fantasy but i guess mm -hmm. star trek is more sci-fi well, also, Star Wars is based in a different universe, and Star Trek yeah. is based in our universe, right? It, it right. has Earth, you know? And that's why I think it speaks to a lot of audiences who feel kind of hopeless with our planet at the moment, where it's yeah. like, why are we puddling around this fucking rock, you know? Um, and I think Star Trek kind of offers like a, hey, if there is someone out there, let's put everything in into our... Let's put everything possible into trying to find them and make friends. And there will be, you know, alliances and there will be 
trials and tribulations, and there will be cultures that we just cannot fathom or understand. Yeah. And there might be cultures that are far beyond us. Um, yeah, and that's and, what it's about. It's about exploration, exploring the universe. Yeah. And it seems like, yeah, that's something that I like about the world that Star Trek sets up, where mm. the mission of the Enterprise, it seems to me, is to, like, catalog things. It's it's to seek out information. Mm -hmm. It's not an imperialistic endeavor. Exactly. Um, it's, well, you know, you it's not that, about so. it's not about building military might. And you mm -hmm. can correct me uh, in a second, but Yeah, sorry. Uh and in Star Trek it's it's explored a little bit in this movie, uh The Undiscovered Country, how, you know, the Klingons are a, a more militaristic, imperialistic society. And they can't save their own planet because of their over oh their overbloated military budget. America. And they focus so much on being stronger than everyone else, but that America. ultimately leads to their downfall. Um, I wish I could think of something that you know to relate that to in real life. Um, you know, me you know, too. It, yeah, I'll I'll try to think of something. Uh, you, you go ahead. Yeah. Um, so. Um. The, underst the Undiscovered Country really dives into um, when Star Trek went from like a, oh, we're just peaceful and we want to explore these planets and we want to go blah, 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 to like, we have an ingrained hostility with this other species. And even though our prime directive says that, you know, if we can save a species, we should, mm -hmm. um, we have issues with this species and we don't want to save them. It's not in our interest to save them. Um... And I think what it tries to set up is like the idea of being just kind of graceful, you know, like even though it's yeah. not in our interest, it's, it's in our morals to, to save what we can save. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, the, the people on the enterprise aren't perfect because there no, is a lot yeah. of like prejudice that they have to deal with. Oh, totally. Um, like on their it reminds it, you know, there's this one Star Trek Next Generation episode where um, Enterprise is like the crew of the Enterprise is spearheading a like a blockade of the Romulan border, and Commander Data, who is a cyborg, um, is given command of a ship. And when he gets on board, his first officer is just like, "I want to resign and go to a different ship." And Data is like, this, "Why is this the episode, or is this like the the plot line where?" Um, Patrick Stewart defends Data's humanity because I've seen the I've seen the clip of of this when they're like arguing about it and it's oh, really that's, cool. It's yeah, that's the episode. Um, oh God, what is it? Something about what makes up a man or something or a making of a man. I forget what it's what it's called, but that's a different episode. Um, it's really good though, where it's like what makes something living. Can you prove to me that Data is living? Can you prove yeah. to me that he's not living? Yeah, prove to me that I am sentient. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm gonna this is a different put that episode. link in the show notes, and um, really so good. I can remember to put it in the description. Um, anyway, this episode, Data's first officer is like fully like, yeah, you know, you're just not co compatible with my kind of with my life. You're not compatible with me or anyone on this ship. And he's like, so I want to be brought to a different ship. And Data's like, well, I see, I see in Star Trek, blah blah blah, or in Starfleet, blah blah blah. That you have shown exemplary, you know, command of the ship. Why do you want to leave? And he's just like, because we're not compatible. So I want to leave. And Data's like, no, you're not going to leave. 
that's not a, a reason for you to leave. And um, it's just like Data becoming a commander and like going up against prejudice and yeah. a logical like, listen, I have no issue if you want to leave because you're sick or because, you know, you have family on another ship or because whatever. But if it's because you disagree with who your commanding officer is, no, you're not going to leave. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and the guy um, with the whole, like, we're not compatible thing, that seems to be like, that's not the whole story, is it? Like him, no. him saying that it, it's, it's, he, he's essentially saying, I don't think you're a person or I don't think you're worthy mm -hmm. of commanding anyone because I see you as a computer, but he's burying that. And he's, I guess he's, he's kind of I don't want to say it's a dog whistle, but it's, it's, he's kind of burying the heart of the issue by saying, we're not, we're just not compatible, which is something that people do in real life. Like real life mm -hmm. racists will say like, Oh, you know, I just don't think that, you know, the, the races should be mixing cause they're not compatible. Well, say yeah. what you really think. You know, exactly. Just, for, you know, just say you're a blithering racist. Just um, say that you don't see them as people or, you're, or at mm -hmm. least not as much of a person as you don't yeah. hide your bigotry. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if you believe like, something, believe it. Yeah. And that's like one thing I really like about Star Trek, which is that it um, it points out that it kind of like openly acknowledges the idea that we all have differences but that's not a reason for us to not work together. Yeah. You know, so like um, there's another series called and l tell me if I'm just blathering on about Star Trek. I'm a huge Star Trek -y fan now, but um, no, it's it's interesting. There's a whole other series called Star Trek Enterprise, uh, which explores the first ever Enterprise starship. And at this point, like the Federation isn't a thing. Um, and. It's the first crew of the Enterprise, like, going out on their own. Before then, they had been, like, literally following the lead of the Vulcans because they were already acquainted with a lot of species. Um, and so it's the first time humanity's on their own going out and exploring. Um, and they run into a lot of species that are, like, classic now in the, in the um, Star Trek universe, like the Andorians. And they're known for being, like, kind of like... They have... The logic of humans, but the the combativeness of Vulcans, or not, oh, sorry, not the combat, uh, the combativeness of Klingons, which are like the the you know, the yeah, big warrior guys. And so throughout this entire episode, where they have to get information from a Andorian, the Vulcans are like, just let us do this, guys, because we are already acquainted with the Andorians, even though the Vulcans and Andorians had been fighting for the years. Um, and the humans are like, no, this is our mission. We're going to do this and we're going to say hi and do what we need to do to get this information. Anyway, they end up having a whole like debate and like the Andorians are like, we've been fighting with the Vulcans and we don't want to help the Vulcans. And the, and the humans are like, listen, we're friends with the Vulcans, but we need information and we're willing to to make concessions to get this information. And the thing is, Vulcans don't make concessions. Right. They just go, that's illogical. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Well, anyway, at the end of the episode, right, the humans get the information and it actually improves, improves Vulcan and Dorian relations. And so the first officer on the first enterprise says to the captain, 
uh, by the way, the first officer is a, a Vulcan. Um, she says, uh, Captain Archer, um, we've, the Vulcan uh, society has been working for years to make um, proper, a proper relationship with the Andorians, um, and the humans seem to have done it in 12 hours. Right, and so it's like where humanity finally proves itself as being like a uniting force instead of a, like, I guess humanity really shows its worth. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's inspiring. Exactly, and it's like, because... And that's, that's the power of, of diversity. Exactly. Um, and then like... Because if the, if the Vulcans had just kept to themselves, they would have gotten nowhere. And exactly. everyone involved would be worse mm -hmm. off. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it just shows that, um, I, I'm, I need to preface this too, throughout the entire show, like, of Enterprise, humans are always talked down to by the Vulcans, and the Vulcans are always like, this species is combative, blah, 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 and then humans meet them, and the species is, like, combative within reason, right? Right. And it shows that the Vulcans don't actually have everything figured out, they're just kind of ingrained in a dogma of strict logic um and well it's 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 uh you know to relate them to ben shapiro again it's like you know uh, destroying leftists with facts and logic wait why aren't leftists listening to me why won't they just have a a, a civil dialogue where i can destroy them with facts and logic exactly um and the thing is if ben shapiro was like debating with a vulcan Every single time he says, well, let's say that 60%, and then the Vulcan would say, um, let's assume it's just saying, like... Um, let's just say saying, hypothetically. Saying let's say is just saying hypothetically, and that's not a factual observation. Let's just say I'm right. <laughs> let, let me make an assumption and use that as evidence for my point. Mm -hmm. See, I'm right. Mm -hmm. let's, if we just, let's say that... If we just construct... A uh, world, uh, if, uh, based on my imagination, where I am right, then I am right. Mm -hmm. uh, See, I'm an incredible debater. In a universe where, where I'm infallible, I'm always right. Exactly. Isn't it incredible? Uh, oh man! But, what a skilled um, logical tactician. Oh, exactly. Um, it's he's just so lazy in all of his arguments. It's yeah. and the fact that people listen to him is sad. And then but, it's, um, but it's so fun to see him and, and people like him actually debate people that know what they're talking about. Cause they go, most of the time they just go to college campuses and they debate yeah. like 19 year old, you know, college freshmen about like economics and they're not economics majors. They just got there. They're yeah. learning like algebra. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, let's just say hypothetically, uh, and then they like bring in some piece of information that may or may not be correct, but yeah. of course this child doesn't know uh, enough to to fight back on that. Exactly. That's the only that's the only time that they look mm -hmm. good, I guess. But if they go against mm -hmm. someone that actually is like a professional in that field, it's so fun to watch Ben Shapiro oh, yeah. get destroyed with facts and logic. I hate to tie Star Trek back into this, but, um, like, throughout this pandemic, right, I've been thinking about, like, what what's the correct course of action to deal with this? And, of course, like, the objectively correct course of action is everyone gets a vaccine uh, and we social distance until 
uh, until we have it figured out. Yeah, of course, apparently not we can't have that. nice things. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people have made the point of like, well, if we all do that, then the economy is going to go, you know, to the shitter. And to yeah, uh, to sure, say, we'll save millions of lives, but think about the yeah. stocks. Oh my gosh! But to to you know to point out a Vulcan uh, logical saying: the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Right, and so it's like right. so you should let the few die so that the many can live. Right, like let the you know well, the way that I see it is the few are the people that are kicking and screaming, not wanting mm-hmm. to get vaccinated. Their needs yeah. are outweighed by everyone else wanting to get rid of this pandemic. That's, exactly. That's that's how I interpret it. And and I you know I see that point too. Um, but like uh, I can see like of. A Vulcan being like, well, the needs of the many, uh, as in like everyone else needing the economy to survive, outweighs the need of, needs of the few people who will die from the pandemic. And then I see like a human saying, um, we can't just let people die. That's unacceptable. I, I right? see That's- human life as more of a need than the economy because humans lived, uh, believe it or not, humans were uh, surviving long before uh, the economy existed. Yes. You know, if the economy crashes, we still have resources. You know, we still have food and water. We still have shelter. The economy mm-hmm. is more just how we organize those things. And yeah. if the economy, you know, if the economy goes to shit, there mm-hmm. those resources will still be there. And mm-hmm. with a government that cares about its people, um, you know, in a perfect world like that, um, there would be programs in place to not let people starve and die and sleep out on the streets mm-hmm. in the event of that happening. Yeah. And you that's know, how like, I think a, a, a logical, um, that's how I think a logical people would do it, would, yeah. uh, would organize it. I mean, any logical society would do anything to prevent the pr- proliferation of suffering. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's like another point that I hear a lot about Star Trek, which is that it's a communist utopia where it's like, if communism just went the way it was supposed to go, we wouldn't have, because like they don't have money in Star Trek. Money is not a thing. There's no, yeah. Communism is a loaded term because a a lot of people, when they hear communism, they think like Soviet Russia or China or North Korea, Mm -hmm. um, which like, that's, that's like communism plus dictatorship plus lack of resources like communism Mm -hmm. isn't to blame in all of those situations um but if you get down to the essence of it it is like a moneyless society where distribute or where um resources are distributed by um need and and i like that's the one thing though that i kind of disagree with with the star trek universe i think currency will always be a thing I, yeah, it's more about how it's organized than it's more its like existence. how it's organized and like you can have you can have money. It's just don't let it corrupt you, right? Um it, that's the real distinguishing thing between being wealthy and being corrupt, right? Um Yeah. Uh anyway, that's that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, <laughs> really. maybe I, well I guess maybe it's the difference between a moneyless society and a society where money isn't isn't the prime isn't what you need yeah. i guess like 
Because like under the current capitalist organization of the economy, if you don't have some flow of money coming to you, mm-hmm. you have nothing. You don't have food, mm-hmm. water, or shelter. Yeah. You don't unless, have a way of unless there's like a charity group near you that happens to be like like a like a homeless shelter or something. But yeah. that's not as reliable as Exactly. Um, yeah. And like there is I think in I forget what Star Trek movie it is, but um it stars Patrick Stewart and um the whole idea is that like the Borg are inv- uh, invading the Federation space and they have to like fight them. Um but he's explaining to one person from the 20th century about like what it's like a thousand years in the future. Um, or not a thousand, sorry, th- uh, 400 years in the future. Um, and she's like, wow, this shit must have cost a lot of money to build. And he goes, well, money is no longer a motivating factor, right, of like why we do our jobs. We don't do our jobs for money. We do our jobs because we enjoy doing our jobs. It's something that yeah. we like doing. And so I like that because it it – it's like, yeah, we still have like an economy. Like, there's still. I don't money. know. That sounds pretty socialist to me. You know, if socialist is like, I do what I like to do because I like to do it, and I like doing it, and I spread happiness from doing it, and other people are happy that I'm doing it, um, then I guess I'm a socialist. That is actually uh, pretty textbook socialism. Is it? It is. Oh, I mean. <laughs> I I mean I still I I enjoy my job at CVS <laughs> like I enjoy doing that. Well, um, okay, so the capitalist motivation for you working at CVS is <clears throat> you need money to survive. A socialist, <clears throat> excuse me, I got to clear my throat. <clears throat> A socialist motivation for working at CVS is you enjoy what you do. You see it as an important thing that needs to be done, and it's fulfilling to you. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I, I, I enjoy uh, helping people and not, to, and that's where I differ from like socialism or communism where it's like, if I wasn't getting paid, would I still do it? And it's like, no, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. But then again, if I wasn't getting paid, but I was still, but my cost of living was covered. Yeah. That's, that's how you got to think about it. It's not, if I wasn't being paid, would I do it? Because if you weren't being paid, I mean, you can't survive without money in a capitalist yeah. economy. If your it's needs were covered, yeah, that's that's how you got to think about it. If your needs are covered and you're not worried about, like, being out on the streets and starving, wondering where your next meal is coming from, like, if all of your needs are covered, would you mm-hmm. still be doing it? That's that's the way to think about it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, how would you rate this movie from 1 to 10? Um, on a scale of worst movie ever to best movie ever, definitely best movie ever. Wow. Yeah. See, if yeah. I had to rate it, um, it's definitely one of my favorite Star Trek movies because it dives into like the political, like the political feelings of like why they don't like Vulcans or sorry, why they don't like, um, Klingons. And, uh, you know, it, it dives into, um, like Klingon culture a little bit and, um, so I I enjoy it because it it gives more context to the universe. Yeah. Um and yeah, uh and other like Star Trek movies can be kind of out there, like the one with the whale, the whale movie, the whale one. Well, that sounds interesting. Um so the whole idea is the space probe is coming to Earth 
and it's sending out the signal and they're like what is the signal and and spock and all of his logical genius is like sounds like a whale call and uh kirk is like oh uh let's find a whale and have it communicate with the whales and spock is like uh-oh whales went extinct in the early 28th century or 20 like 100 or whatever and Kirk is like, well, then we have to go back in time and get a whale and bring him back in the future and have him communicate with this probe. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what are you smoking? That's that's incredible. Because, you know, they don't have they don't have recorded whale calls. Right. Oh, of course not. No, of course they wouldn't have a recording of whale calls that they have. The thing that studied. we have now. Because, you know, oceanographers in the 23rd century uh, aren't working on the same basis of I do my job because I enjoy it, and so they just don't have any logic or 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 uh, information on whale calls because they just haven't studied it. So anyway, that's my like. How would no one be able to figure that out? Like you have recordings of whale calls, yeah, and uh, and three hundred years to figure it out, and there's this probe, and no one's like, hey, that kind of whaleish, don't you think? <laughs> kind of sounds like a whale you guys have a recording of something to, you see mm -hmm. i was gonna say i really appreciate and i want to get into star trek now after watching this i appreciate oh, awesome. uh i appreciate how it's it serves as an exploration of human political ideas mm -hmm. um, but it's explored in the context of this futuristic society and you know reading economic theory can be pretty dense uh you know it seems like a really big obstacle um i don't own a copy of the communist manifesto i own the communist manifesto but tony hawk can keep his stuff uh because of course the only way that i can read political theory is if it's uh through parody mm -hmm. um but you see i don't i don't even own the communist manifesto i own um Common Sense by Thomas Paine, which talks Ooh. about government and democracy. Um, but yeah, I appreciate media that can take complex ideas like that and recontextualize them and present them in a fresh way. Because yeah. it, it's it's yeah. like how we were talking about like capitalism, socialism, and communism earlier. You know, people hear communism or socialism and they think, oh, evil, like uh, no iPhone, vaccine mandates. But they see a moneyless society where people do what they love to do because they love to do it and it mm -hmm. serves the greater society. They see that and they think that seems like a, a utopia. Let's let's strive for that. Mm hmm. Uh, not knowing that they're now advocating for socialist ideals. Exactly. And I think one thing, uh, like, for instance, in that whale movie that I was the whale Star Trek movie that um, I was talking about. Um, oh, yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. I I I was going to say everything that I just said. Then you then you described the whale movie. And now I love this franchise even more. Yeah, <laughs> I love it's great. Any 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 kind of fictional universe that can juggle those two uh tones mm -hmm. yeah um for instance there's this one scene uh in that whale movie where they have to uh like one of the crew gets hurt and they're in a like 20th century hospital 
and they have to get him out so they can get him, get him back to the ship. Um, Dr. McCoy runs past a lady, and she's in a bed and obviously in some sort of pain, and he goes, he goes, well, what's wrong with you? And she goes, I got a bad kidney. And he goes, this goddamn hospital doesn't know how to treat a bad kidney. And he reaches into his bag and gives her a pill and, like, completely heals up her kidney. And it made me think about, like, social, socialized medicine uh, and, like, how he just gave it to her for free. And it's, like, and that's and her kidney. Again, that's yeah. the problem with capitalism. The hospital is more than capable of fixing so many ailments, but mm-hmm. they can't or they won't because you have to have insurance. You have to be able to mm-hmm. pay for it somehow. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times because, you know, these are private institutions looking to make a profit, they upcharge people so much mm-hmm. that so many people just can't afford to live, even though these places are fully capable of treating these, uh, these ailments. You know, I just, um, because I think what it boils down to for things like that, because it, it does take knowledge and technology to make a pill that can fix a kidney. You know what I mean? And those two things, um, cost money to, to get, but what if you took out the, the money part, found a bunch of really good teachers that just like to teach, um, maybe supported them somehow. I don't know how you would support them, but then offer the education tuition for free. Mm-hmm. Right. And you, you have a system there and you offer the tuition and everything. And the students can, can study. Um, I think it's sort would, of like a public school, almost, almost like a public school, um, or like public college. Right. Um, like, like, uh, like so many other countries have. Exactly. Um, because then it would, sorry, it would, did I mean, did I, did I say other countries? I meant, uh, fictional thousand year in the future utopia societies. Exactly. Cause like, if you look at someone like Wesley Crusher from next generation, you never see him worrying about the cost of his tuition. You never worry. You see him worrying about, yeah. oh, it costs so much to get into Starfleet, the Starfleet Academy. Uh, it's just like, a uh, you know. I'm in Starfleet Academy now. And it's like, well, how do you afford it? And it's like, yeah. oh, money's not a thing with this. You just take a test. And a lot of people are like, well, you have to take a test. And if you don't do the test well, then you, then they don't let you in. And it's like, that's how they do it already. And you have to pay. That's, you know, that actually, I, I think that's another difference between Star Wars and Star Trek that I, I just kind of pieced together. Star Trek, like we've been talking about, is... You know, thousand years in the future. Uh, Technically, you know, futuristic technology, uh, and it's uh, it's a socialist version of that. Star Wars is thousand year in the future. Uh, you know, futuristic tech, but it's capitalist. People in Star Wars worry about money. People in Star mm-hmm. Trek don't have to, and mm-hmm. that's the difference between the two. Uh, you also visions have to, for the future. Star Wars is Elon Musk's version of of the future. I guess so. Um, but let's not pretend like the like Star Trek universe doesn't have any problems. Like, oh um, yeah, that, that, that's you know, that's not what I'm trying to say. It's yeah. not that they have no. Pro- they have. They just eliminate a very big problem mm-hmm. that we face now. Like for they instance, still have the some un- issues. Oh, yeah, like in the Undiscovered Country, um, I think it was Chekhov that was talking to one of the Klingons, like when they're eating dinner, right? And um, uh, they're like, why 
you know, you Federation talk about your rights and and how hypocritical that is. Oh and, yeah, yeah, human and, rights. Yeah, and that's where I'm like, yeah, they do have a point. Uh, you know, why why do they say you have unalienable human rights? And it's like, yeah, yeah what about Klingon rights? What about yeah. Andorian rights? What about Vulcan rights? What about yeah? You know, I I forgot I was going to mention that. Uh, that kind of that to me that kind of read as a reflection, and I'm I'm not sure if this is what they meant by it um, at the time, but it it seems like a reflection of how you know when you look at uh, like democratic socialist countries like like Scandinavian countries uh, like you know like like the European like Denmark uh, model where. <laughs> You know, they they have domestically they have all of these great social programs, they have universal health care, uh, all the all these things. These countries that are they still have capitalism mixed into their economy. It's a mix of mm -hmm. capitalism and socialism. The part of their economy that relies on capitalism still exploits the third world. So if you're yeah, one of yeah. if you're in that in group, your life is great. Mm -hmm. But if you're, you know, a kid in like an African sweatshop, mm -hmm. you know, exactly, you're still exactly. sewing their clothes for them. Yeah, and um, Star Trek actually dip, kind of dips into that. There's an episode in the original series where um, they're making first con not first contact, but um, they're introducing themselves to a new species. Um, but the Klingons get there at the same time, and so they're trying to like they're trying to win over this species. Right. Um, and, uh, Oh God, but how did it go? Um, the Klingons and the, and this new species are more culturally the same. Whereas the Federation is, is more, um, logically the same where it's like they have a strict moral code and that this new species does too. So when the Klingons are like, we are more alike and we should work together because we believe whoever's the strongest should survive. And then Captain Kirk is saying like, uh, we should be allies because even if we're allies, this planet is still yours. The Klingons take what they want and they don't have any regard for you. But we will make sure that this planet is still yours. Right? Mm -hmm. um, and... They th say things like that, but then Undiscovered Country kind of like dips into like planets that have a lot of resources that suddenly become much more valuable to the Federation when before they weren't. Yeah. So does the if, Federation, was... uh, what, what does the Federation do on these planets? Do they take over in some capacity? I mean, they, it's, they take over, but like, it's not as bad if like the Klingons as like if the Klingons were to take over that planet, right? There's no murder. Oh, sure, um, it's not as bad, but it's still exploitative. It's I, very, I presume very disingenuous. Uh, so like, let's say this hypothetically, this planet's on uh, you know, the uh, Federation Romulan border, right? Uh, the Federation will go there and say like, oh, you know, you're a Federation planet, so we care about you. But if the Romulans invade, we're not really going to send a lot of aid because you're really on the outskirts of our territory and you don't really have that many resources. Um, okay. And so that's like a logistics way of looking at it for them, right? Um, 
And then let's say they find a valuable resource on that planet, like a really valuable resource. Then suddenly it's like, oh, you're so important to us. We really like you. We, we really want to make sure that you're an asset that we can hold dear and your, your status in the Federation has been lifted and we want to listen to you now and blah, 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 blah. Until all those resources are gone and they're like, well, you're just another planet again. Okay. So do these planets pay taxes to the Federation? I don't I, – well, I think – Okay, so I guess my, the, question, my question is more, what does the Federation gain from allying with these planets? The Federation gains, um, I guess, cultural diversity. They gain technology. They gain, uh, like, philosophies of different cultures. Uh, and size. And, the size and of size, the Federation grows. And um, – they gain kind of extra military oomph because it's a mix of different um, species kind of going toward a, like, hey, we are our own territory in the Federation's territory, okay. right? So if uh, the Romulans attack a Federation system, then the Federation, which is comprised of a bunch of all these different systems, will go to that defense. So is it kind of like like NATO? Kind like of. The, um, like it's almost EU? like the. It's almost like. Um, um, Two other early things United- that I also, to be clear, don't fully understand. Yeah. Um, it's almost like the early United States where it's like there were militias, right? Okay. And they would all. Like, attack against one state was an attack against all the states. And it's so kind of yeah, like. It's yeah, like, I guess New York. Like you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Exactly. But if you mess with, um, let's say, Florida. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, you can keep them. Yeah. Um, and, and so uh, also the Federation tends to um, – like if, if they don't really have much at stake in a certain uh, issue regarding two different species, they tend to be kind of apathetical. So like there's a whole thing in Star Trek Voyager again uh, with uh, two species. One is the Cardassian and one are um, – they look like humans. I forget what they're called. Let's just call them uh, um, human I see two. It. Human two. You say human tube. Yeah, human two, like the number two. Oh, let's call them human two. So the Cardassians invaded human two's um, world, and the Federation uh, was trying to defend them a little bit. They sent them aid and, and whatnot, and then the Cardassians left their world, but the human two species wanted to keep fighting the Cardassians and get them completely out of their territory. Uh, well, the Federation made a, a treaty with the Cardassians to cut off their territory at a certain part, but that wasn't good enough for t- human two's um, standards, right? So, like, sometimes the Federation standards aren't aligned with their member systems. Okay. Sorry if I'm rambling. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, no, I I I, I want to know more about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just kind. I'm still wondering about resources. So, mm-hmm. the Federation do they get like a share of a planet's resources? What's the motivation for them to yeah, defend so th- a planet with more resources? Is it just don't let the other guys have them? Because it it does seem like they let the planets have their sovereignty for the most part. Mm-hmm. For the most part, um, for the most part, unless they have something that's integral to the standing of the Federation, right? Okay. So, like, if if let's say there's a, a world that has a lot of dilithium and all the other dilithium mines 
went dry, right? That one planet becomes the most important planet in the in the Federation, right? And even if that planet's like, hey, we don't really appreciate you guys mining all of our dilithium, the Federation will say, well, fuck you. Okay. You know, it's for the that Federation. That does seem a touch imperialistic. A touch, um, but like the Federation. That's, that's not a relationship between two partnering organizations. That's, a, mm -hmm. that's the kind of relationship that you see between an empire and one of its colonies. Exactly, but um, they, the Federation... I mean, they won't say, well, fuck you. They'll be like, we get, we understand your concerns, but we need this dilithium. We understand you your want? concerns, but fuck you. What do you want? The, what do you want in return? Right. And if the species says, well, we don't want anything. We just want you guys to kind of piss off. The Federation will say, that's not acceptable. We need this dilithium. And that's, it's not an option for us to not have this dilithium. And that's just a hypothetical. That's not like a storyline or anything. That's just like a, how they operate. Okay. Um, but usually the Federation tries to um, treat different worlds with a, a, the same amount of respect, right? Okay. Um, at least that's what they're built off of. It's like a, like a high horse kind of thing. So they, they do need resources, right? And they, they do have like ways of shipping resources from place to place. And they do have, you know, manufacturing places and... Um, <clears throat> I don't really know how that works without like money or an economy. So, I in terms of like, well, how much does it cost to ship this dilithium? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know if cost is a is a thing that they measure. Um, yeah, yeah, but well, it's, uh, it's good to see that represented in a piece of media because it does it, it does help break your um, I guess your preconceived perception of the world where everything has to have a cost right mm -hmm. well what if it didn't that that's what yeah. i like about this um as i was mm -hmm. uh saying earlier uh, i would also recommend watching star trek genesis um it it's a really good one that covers the same kind of like issues um of how like if you don't know uh klingon space becomes a part of the federation after okay. praxis explodes and so they joined the Federation. So this is after the events of this movie, the one that we yes. watched? Okay. I, exactly. I, th I th think so. I think Praxis so. Because Praxis is, that's their sun, right? And it... Praxis is one of their moons that they It's mine. one of their moons. That's, that's, yes. that's what it is. And Praxis so was like going to explode or something. It did explode. Um, oh, it did and explode. And it was degrading the um, ozone of the Klingon homeworld. That's right. And so they and so they had to like figure out what to do. But I think I'm not sure if it's before or after that that they joined the Federation. Um, but uh, uh, oh god, what what was I going to say? Um, they joined the Federation, and then I'm not sure if it happens before or after Genesis. But um, it it really Genesis really shows how a lot of the Federation's aspirations can be misaligned with like neighboring um systems or like systems that are part of the federation mm -hmm. right because the klingons have an, an issue with a thing that i'm not going to spoil the plot for you but the klingons have an issue with a thing that the federation's working on and the federation's kind of like well is it an anti-klingon death ray it's okay it so it's a little like missile that um can it's called the Genesis device, and what it does is it explodes on a on an uninhabited planet or moon, 
and it can make that planet or moon uh, a living. So it's a mechanical like dick that comes on a moon. Es- essentially, yeah. <laughs> like the what Elon is, Musk wanted to do. I think he wanted to nuke uh, Mars. No, there was a news story that I remember. I remember covering it with Jared, like almost a year ago. How some organization, I might have been NASA, was like, "Hey, what if we, uh, what if we had a rocket with a bunch of reproductive fluids as a sort of Noah's Ark?" Okay. And then and then, but then that the question like is really... like, who deals with all that jizz? Well, that sounds like a really good that? way. It sounds like a really good way to make like a ship full of sociopaths. Oh yeah. Like the they idea don't have... is you shoot it like to the moon or something, and then we keep it on like our moon base. So if the world goes to shit, we still have all of the DNA, kind of like the Omnitrix. Uh, oh, I see. You have like a bun- You have all of the DNA of the species on Earth, mm-hmm. so you can just kind of jumpstart it somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so all of the problems that led to life on Earth going extinct, yeah, do it somewhere else. <laughs> uh, hey, the, you know of, the species yeah. that led to its own destruction? What if we gave them a second planet? Yeah, and let them do the same thing. Um, but anyway, the Genesis device um, makes the, the planet or moon living, and the Klingons have an issue with that because it's living relative to human standards. Right, so okay. it's like... It's like, um, uh, well, I think the Klingons see that as like a, a threat almost. Like what happens if you shoot that at a already living planet? Like yeah. the Klingon homeworld, <laughs> you know? Kind of like Man of Steel. Kind of like Man of Steel, exactly. Um, uh, what happens then? Does it just rewrite everything? And the Federation's like, uh, yeah. And the Klingons are like, this seems like a very dangerous weapon, and less of a scientific curiosity. And the Federation's like, well, fuck you. Yeah, I kind of got to agree with the Klingons on this one. It kind of seems like ethnic cleansing in a can. It kind of, like a Federation ethnic cleansing. <laughs> um, it's like, it's, it, it's like, uh, it's like spray cheese, but instead of cheese, it's, um, mm-hmm. you know, genocide. Exactly. Um, there's an another and again, tell me if I if I'm rambling about Star Trek. Um, no, this is all really fascinating stuff. There's another. We will episode. we will have to move on to the next segment because we just passed two hours. Okay. Um. um really quickly, really yeah, quickly. I would I, I would love to revisit Star Trek in a future episode. Yeah. Um. There's one episode, and I'll make this super super quick. Um, called the Omega Directive. The idea is that there's this um, there's this atom or molecule that is super energy dense. The issue is when the Federation tried to make it, it exploded and almost destroyed subspace in a certain sector of the galaxy. So they Oopsie. couldn't go to warp speed. And so now whenever they detect an Omega um, particle, uh, they go and destroy it because they don't want that to happen. The issue is the Omega particle can be a very good source of energy and can like... It, it can be harnessed. It's possible to harness it, but the Federation um, sees that as being too dangerous to harness. So anytime they detect it, they destroy it, even if a society is actually containing it and like is using it as energy. That seems kind of imperialistic. Seems a little imperialistic. Seems kind of South American coup-ish. 
It sounds like a we know better kind of like Federation yeah. knows better. Exactly. Anyway, what's the next part of the of the of the cast? Uh, the last thing we got to get to is recommendations of the week where we plug whatever thing it's kind of loose, open-ended, whatever thing that you've been enjoying that you like, that you think other people should check out, uh, this week, what I have is, uh, so I mentioned back in like September, probably I ordered epilogues GB operator. And it came in the mail a couple days ago, and I like it. So what it is, it's a little... I can send you a picture of it. It's basically a Game Boy Advance cartridge slot uh, connected to a PCB that you connect to your computer. And you plug it into your computer via USB. And it lets you play Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color games on your computer. Hold on, I'm sending a picture of it. It's really cool. It's a very compact, small device. And uh, yeah, you use it with their software to uh, play Game Boy games on your computer. And it's really cool. Oh, that's actually really you can, cool. It is really cool. You can download the game to your computer so you can play it on an emulator. You can put it on an EverDrive, which is uh, something that I also have. Um, you can download save files. You can upload save files. If you have a blank cartridge, I think you can upload a game to it. So if you're like an indie developer, you want to put, you know, you want to develop a game for Game Boy Advance, uh, and you want to put it on a physical cartridge, you can do that. There's a lot of homebrew Game Boy Advance software out there. Um, it's, it's really cool stuff and uh, I like it a lot. All right. Um, oh, also, it's the best way to play Tetris uh, on the computer <laughs> because oh, the, dude. I will maintain forever until a better option comes out. Um, maybe the VR one is better. I don't know. I haven't played it. I've heard it's really good. But yeah, the, the definitive way to play Tetris I will maintain is on the Game Boy. And All you right. Can do, you can use this to play it on the computer with a legitimate copy, which I actually have. I always say play a game if you're going to emulate a game make sure it's a game that you legally own i cannot condone downloading games from websites but with this you can actually play it on an emulator with a copy that you physically own that's pretty cool i would it say it's pretty cool why yeah, like, like it's like 50 dollars. so pretty cheap. here's what i'm wondering why don't we have like vr rooms where it's like just a big open space right and you have something like like an almost like an infinity gauntlet looking thing that's like a controller and the computer and then you can run basic vr things in like a holographic setting i'm not sure i understand what you're saying so like you would have the vr goggles on right mm -hmm. um it would be kind of self-powered self-contained like a quest would, like the oculus quest kind of yeah um and then the computer part would be like on a like you would control it using gloves, right? And then the computer part would be like on your arm, like a gauntlet, right? And then so in like in VR, you would have like what the computer screen on your arm? On your no, you would. There would be no computer screen. It would just be the VR headset. Yeah, like like in like within the world of the headset, you see a computer screen on your no. arm or no so in real life there's a computer on your arm so there's a computer feeding, on your arm feeding into the headset that you see so that you can have free freedom of movement and then it's just like a big open 
area, right? A big open space that you can just walk around in and not have to worry about hitting any walls. And you can just like do VR stuff. Well, actually, um, I'm going to fucking blow your mind. Oh, good. So, oh, so with the Oculus Quest and the Oculus Quest 2, which I have, which I sent you the link for, but I don't think I really explained it well enough. Um, so the, the Oculus Quest, it's all contained in the headset. You can run VR apps on the headset. It's all mm-hmm. self-contained, but you can also connect it to a computer with a USB cable, or you can connect to the computer wirelessly, which I do, and you can stream VR content from your computer to your Oculus Quest. Yeah. Which huh. I do, and it's awesome. It's magical. You're not connected to anything, so you can walk around uh, in as big of a space as you want. Some people will actually go to warehouses and just have like a really big play area so they don't mm-hmm. have to wa- worry about walking into walls. But yeah, even with the space that I have now, I have enough space to like walk around freely and stuff. It's incredible. All right, I'll, I'll look at that. VR is a game changer. If um, I'm going to be visiting for about a week, uh for christmas i'm gonna be coming up north so yeah if we hang out um yeah i can bring my quest with me do you have a place to stay and everything yeah okay cool just visiting family i live in a pretty big house so like if you needed a place to stay i got you awesome thank you yeah of course but yeah it's um yeah uh, trying vr is like a it's like a it's like a milestone I mean, I've tried it before speaking. at Best Buy, and once at a friend's house too. When well, um, when did you try it? Did you try like early VR or like current uh, Oculus VR? Rift. Okay, yeah, a lot um, of the kinks have been worked out. It looks a lot better. It feels a lot better. Really interesting did. technology. Um, it is. It's so good. I remember my first time trying it at Comic Con, and it blew my mind. I bet. Um, first time I tried it was at Best Buy. It was like a phone kind of like headset. Oh, and it was really bad. Oh, it's graphics. the one where you put your phone into. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Um, and it was really bad graphics, but it still freaked me out because it was like lions and tigers surrounding you. Yeah, and it still like got me tripped tripping out, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's improved so much. It's it's incredible. But yeah, the phone yeah. VR I think ruins a lot of people's perception of VR because they see it as like a gimmicky kind of thing, cheap. Yeah. You know, it gets you motion sick. Well, like, you get motion sick because it's, one, a phone, it's uh, cheap. Also, you're probably doing, like, a roller coaster simulator because that's, for some reason, a popular uh, first-time, you know, VR experience, even though it's, like, yeah. it only makes you motion sick. It's it's not fun. But, yeah, I got I to gotta show you current uh, state-of-the-art VR. It's so fun. Yeah, no, I would be super interested in that. So yeah, I guess that's my second recommendation, VR. Do you have anything to uh, plug before we end this? Um, um, here's what I would like to plug. Um, find something, audience, in your house that you haven't touched in a while. Uh, don't make a euphemism out of that, please. Um, okay, I won't say your penis. Or a vagina, or boobs, or, vagina. or ass, or, or, um, or, or maybe feet if you're into that, I guess. Um, anyway. Yeah. And just, you know, try picking it up again. Try doing it again. Um, that's what I have to plug. That's uh, a good whatever one. hobby that you tried a long time ago and never got into, 
Um, try it out again. Give it another shot. Yeah. All right. That's a good recommendation. Yeah, Thank like you. I haven't touched my 3DS in a while. I should yeah. play it again. Yeah, exactly. Get utility out of it. Get some, you know, get yeah. some, get, you know, just, you know, just like, you know, 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 he knows, we know, they know. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Bold of You to Say. If you like this, uh, like it, subscribe, uh, leave a review on Podchaser or whatever app you're listening on. That helps with the algorithm or something. Follow me on social media. Gavin doesn't want you doing that for him. Uh, Follow me on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. I don't think I've plugged that one yet in this episode. I am working on a fun Christmas video just uh, talking about different versions of Santa and uh, putting them on a tier list because um, because of the algorithm uh, and it, 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 it's, it's popular to do tier lists. All right. Share the show with a friend. Uh, tweet out our episodes. Tweet out our clips. Our clips channel is linked in the description. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, have a good 9 a.m. through 9 p.m. Our official business hours. And uh, have the day that you deserve. Amen. Amen. Take it easy, guys. I need to find a better thing to say in the intro. <laughs> I started saying, let's just jump into it ironically. Like Philip DeFranco? Like Philip DeFranco, yeah. But I feel like every week that I say it, it gets less and less ironic. <laughs> it becomes more like a, okay, let's jump into it, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like something that I actually say now. <laughs> and I don't like that. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop my recording. Gotcha, me too.